Welcome right into the program, Hidden Nation. You got Josh Carey, your hidden entrepreneur, right here on 710 WOR, the voice of New York. And guess what? Anytime you want, day or night, all you got to do is download that free iHeartRadio app and you can tune into this show or any other show you want. Just endless scroll and the world is yours. We got a great program for you today. I'm joined by Eddie Young, who is the CEO and co-founder of Visual Feeder. Now get this, for all you marketers, for all you advertisers, for all you entrepreneurs, this is what you're going to want to listen to. They are venture backed. They are completely indebted into the market. They, they take, well, why don't I have him explain it first? Welcome to the program, Eddie. Thank you so much, Josh. Thanks for having me. So explain this to me, because as I know it, you work with companies like Lyft, Adidas, Hilton, Parsons School of Design, that list goes on. And if I have it correctly, you take vacant storefront retail shops in cities like New York and Chicago, and you do what with that empty space? Yeah, so we convert those locations into a dynamic visual display using projection technology. So we're the largest projection market advertisers where we convert unoccupied spaces and utilize those existing structures into a dynamic visual display. And right now we're currently operating in New York and Chicago as our two largest markets, but we're expanding very quickly um, within our just two year, two year lifespan. So connect these dots for the entrepreneurial minded like myself and I know our listeners, you, you have a client like let's take Lyft. I love Lyft. I use them when I'm on the road. Uh, so Lyft says, hey, we want to advertise. You then have the advertising space in the form of these big visual unoccupied windows so then you have to work out a deal with the landlord while the space is unoccupied? Correct, yeah. So we actually, we consider all of our partners our landlords and property owners. So they're essentially our partners. And then we onboard their spaces, create a, our, put it on our marketplace platform, depict it, showcasing it. And then we pre-sell those locations to advertisers and brands and then we'll set up our technology and activate it into the storefront itself. So basically this is a huge win, obviously for everybody, but from the point of view of your partners who are the landlords and property owners, they basically get to monetize a vacant space. That's it, right? Exactly, we're taking the downtime of a vacant retail space and converting it and being able to generate revenue while they're looking for a new tenant. And due to the, you know, the trends of e-commerce, the extended time of downtime for these spaces is always, you know, it's continually to grow. So right now we're seeing a eight to 24 month trend for flagship stores in the unoccupancy time. So there's like this huge gap where there's opportunity to monetize, generate revenue for all these spaces. So you co-founded Visual Feeder with your sister, What's it like to work with family? Yeah, yeah. it's um, you know, in the beginning, it's always tough. She's my younger sister. We're a year and a half, you know, um, one point five years, but like seventeen months. All right, so we're very close in age. 
Um, so yeah, there's always like in, in the beginning, there's, we had to figure it out, right? Like I'm the older brother, but then at the same time, I'm just seen as the brother and not the CEO. So I really had to like figure out how to become a CEO and figure out how to, you know, lead a team. Um, but yeah, it's been, at the end of the day, I always ask, I always tell people it's, I'm very grateful for the opportunity because in the, in the end of it, you want to find someone that you trust and family. I, I trust my sister with, you know, I know she has the, the best intentions for, for our company and myself. So that's the best you can hope for is having trust in a co-founder. Yeah. And I saw the, um, the announcement you raised 1.7 million recently. Congratulations on that. Not a small feat. Um, but you started uh, as part of the Techstar Accelerator? Correct. Right. So Techstars, they were a, an accelerator that was our first um, investors, and they helped us guide us through the way of how to fundraise and how to even create a startup. So my background is a musician. I was a full-time musician slash DJ before I got into tech or even entrepreneurship. So they really paved the way on how to you know, create a startup, how to fundraise, what are VCs looking for, what are angel investors looking for. So it was a very good opportunity to learn and navigate the space of entrepreneurship and startup. Give me a little bit about your background. You consider yourself an artist entrepreneur. First of all, what is that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I, well, I like to coin that term. Yeah, like it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, I, I always felt like my my natural instincts is I'm more left-brained, like very artistic, very creative. Um, but then figuring out how to use the right side of the brain, thinking logistically, analytically, that's something that was trained in. So in the end of it all, like the reason why I even started Visual Feeder is to be able to create amazing visual experiences in large scale and in a scalable format. So this was like one of the, the pinnacles of why even Visual Feeder exists. The creativity and the art aspect of it will always be in its DNA, even though we're pivoting and scaling into a more large scale media ad network. Walk me through how this took shape. One day you didn't have the company, now you do. What was that first thought, aha conversation that really got you into this lane? Yeah, the, yeah. I, I, so the whole reason why I even got into projection mapping, the, that's the technology that we're using for all of our location. The reason why we got into projection mapping was that I wanted to create a stage design for my DJ sets. So that was, and that was the most inexpensive way to do it was to use a projector to just project the background that I'm DJing on. So that took me in this, this whole new realm of going on YouTube, looking up tutorials, staying up late at night, trying to figure out how to design a projection map stage setup. So I spent weeks designing something, um, and then we finally activated an activation. So I had a, I had, I was actually asked to DJ a TEDx event. Oh, wow. So this was, you know, they were, at, they asked me, hey Eddie, would you like to DJ a TEDx event? You know, we, I mean, to be honest, like TEDx is. The, the, they don't have a big budget for the stage design. So it's going to just be me up there pressing buttons. I was like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to be a good experience for people. Let me propose a stage design, you know, where I can stand up there. So the projection mapping was part of it. 
uh, we created these the sky. It was for TEDx IIT, Illinois Institute of Technology. We created these six structures that look like the skyline of Chicago, and we projected onto those as I was playing music. Those had an interesting light show to emphasize the music. Um, and then, you know, I did that. The show loved it. People actually, after that event, people actually came up to me and asked, oh, that was awesome. How'd you do that? For, how'd you do that stage design setup? Like I was one of the speakers, but I was just, you know, background TJ. Um, and then we po I posted that online. That went viral. Um, I had another company inquire about that stage. They were like, this is awesome. Can you make this for our event? but we don't need the DJ part. We just want the stage, the projection part. Then I was like a little bit crushed, you know? I was like the whole reason why I made it was like the DJ. Um, but yeah, so that kind of, you know, split the trajectory into, okay, the markets decided um, we need some more projection mapping activations. And that's how that went on. What was it like getting that first client and advertiser for visual feeder a who was it and how did you celebrate that win yeah the first advertiser was lift ride share so that we we're fortunate enough to even have that as the first um how that came about was we had uh, a friend uh, had a uh, we, we met the associate lift ride share marketer at a festival they were handing out Lyft fans and different novelty memorabilia just to act, just to market Lyft. Um, we got their contact and then we started pitching them, uh, um, emailing them onto on our on our platform. Um, so by this point, we didn't even have a website or anything. It was just purely an idea of, hey, would you guys want to advertise onto vacant retail spaces if we projected onto them? Right. So um they said yes. Same day, we sent an email and made a, a deck to, to to showcase all of our locations that we didn't have at the moment. It was just rough yeses from landlords that we called. So this is this is great, Eddie, because this is a lesson in building the business, entrepreneurship, um, taking the action, and adjusting on the fly. Put that into perspective, because that sounds like exactly what you were doing. You didn't have everything buttoned up before you took the action. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of times, um, you know, people are afraid to fail. And I think that's one of the main parts is like, you don't be afraid to fail. Um, it's actually a good challenge I heard. It's like, can you actually try to fail every day? You know, like people, a lot of times people don't even put themselves in positions to fail. So that means they're not taking a, a risk to, to, to have a reward. Um, so yeah, it's the, the best way to go about it. I would, I would say is um, to try to put yourselves to, to, to not be afraid of any failure because you're always able to try again, you know, and, pivot different ways of trying to accomplish whatever tasks that you're, you're out to set to do. Well, give us an example, if you have one, um, of a, of a failure through visual. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's, you know what? I, I think there's so many that like out of, I'd say we had so many, um, first of all, well, in the beginning, I think the, around the first 
like 10 to 20 locations that we tried to onboard from the property owners, they all said no. So that was very disheartening. You know, you have like this grand idea. You're like, of course, landlords will want to monetize their space and generate revenue. Why wouldn't they? You know, it's like they're getting they're going to get revenue from advertising dollars. Like, of course, you, you think it's going to be an easy call, like easy close. Hey, it's guys, free money. You want yeah, it's free money. We'll give you money. They're like, no, we don't want to deal with this right now. It's nothing. It's not we're not interested. And I was like, I was just perplexed. I was like, why isn't this working? Like, why aren't they onboarding? Like, it's so you, we can't even, you know, give free money to landlords. How are we going to find an advertiser? So we, we just completely got no's, 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 no's. Um, but then we figured out a new idea. It's like, we just have to like create the certainty with the property owners first. We have to prove ourselves, right? We have to prove ourselves, know what we're doing. We're, we're young. We don't have any current clients. So we couldn't tell the landlords that we, this was a actual working product because we didn't have any, they had to be the first to let us try this. So instead of pitching them on advertisers, we gave them the opportunity to project their leasing signage. Or we'll, we, were telling, we were offering the ability to, hey, let us just project your leasing signage, dynamic videos with moving text. We could show renderings of what your space could look like if your tenants rent it. And then we'll just set those up for you to project to, for us to get in the space. Then they were more intrigued. Then later, once we got into the space with the projectors, we, were, we would then, approach them with advertisers like hey there's this advertiser that would like to advertise for x amount of dollars would you guys be wanting willing to to set up then they were more likely to do it because they were because we were inside and working with them so it was more like hey let's do something for you in the beginning you know and then we can try to partnership so it's always yeah we had to prove ourselves and we were just you know we're hungry and we wanted to make it work that's how we got in first parts Hidden Nation, you're tuned into my conversation with Eddie Young, the CEO and co-founder of Visual Feeder, talking about all things outdoor advertising, or as it's called, out of home, for those in the know, right? Out of home advertising, all the different ways that you go about your day uh, away from your home and are uh, seeing advertising. Eddie, I love that idea what you just i i, I want to reiterate this um because so many of us think oh this is a no-brainer i have the answer i'll go offer it to 10 people they'll all say yes and i'm in business so you went to the ad to, to the to the landlords and it makes sense like hey you don't have to do anything you're already not getting rent or money let me give you the tools we'll do everything you just give us the space and they all said no. And I love how you then had to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what exactly? And then your, your reiteration was brilliant. You, you, you figured out that something a little closer to home, like let us just put your leasing um, card on it. And then that worked out. Very cool. Yeah. What, is the, what is the lesson so far as a CEO and co-founder of this company, what is the lesson that you live by and would share to those paying attention who want to do what you're doing? Yeah, I feel like it's best to know that you don't always know the answer. You're out there to discover the answer. So don't ever get stuck on one way to do things. It's always best to be open-minded going into business 
um, and learn from the market. So just be receptive of, be sensitive and receptive of what people want. And then that will really bring you a lot of opportunities. I would also say to always just, it, I know it's cliche, but you have to really be hungry and prove yourself. Like, you know, it's all about, you'll, we've done like free projects before, free installations. We've done plenty of like things just to get out there as an early stage, you kind of have to like, just to prove credibility and certainty, you have to be able to, not in the long term, of course, it's not sustainable, but for early entrepreneurs, you have to figure out a way to bring bring value and service. And to do that, you have to actually be out there and prove to your prove to your customers and clients that this is something of value for them. How do you stay sharp, educated, motivated, and focused as a CEO and co-founder? That's a good question. So I've always liked to think of entrepreneurship as a sport. So as an entrepreneur, we have to actually train our bodies like an athlete. So I was always thinking, I'm like, all the all the all the greats of all time, like Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Floyd Mayweather, what they're they're they have like the cleanest diets, they take a they take care of their bodies, they don't drink, you know, it's it's all the ones that are very disciplined that win the championships. And I think with entrepreneurship, it's about that as well. You have to eat clean. It's not about just your business, it's about your health as well and how disciplined you can be with your health and your everyday living. So that's one of the main focuses as, as well. Like I'm very careful of my health, what I'm eating, my diet. Um, yeah, so we have to think of it as, yeah, you're an, you're an athlete that your body is your vehicle and your tool for your, for your business. I couldn't agree more, Eddie. I feel the same way. Um, I take that very seriously. And I came to that realization by looking up at the founders and executives that I looked up to. And I said, wow, what do they all have in common? Well, physically, they're all jacked, right? Like you see some of the, they're, they all got like, they're all in shape. And I'm like, okay, that there's something there. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You feel, yeah. Once you work out, you feel great. It's like, if you have energy, that radiance into the company, into your team, into the world, right? You have to have the energy first. How do you figure out to build your own energy to give out to the world? You have to have an abundance of energy. That's how something is built. What are you, what are you um, scared of in this regard? What might keep you up at night? What are you always looking over your shoulder for to keep one step ahead of? Yeah, I, I, for me, to be honest, I try not to think of anything I'm scared of. I try to just, uh, yeah, I mean, the world is a scary place, of course. So if I, if you just focus on the positive opportunities and then because you, your mind can always shift into negativity, oh, what if I get burnt out? What if I start getting, you know, I don't know. There's always a bunch of things, but I, I definitely believe that um, burnout is like a decision that you make, right? You're, you have to just you decide if you're burnt out or not. It doesn't happen to you. So I think it's best to not be scared of any kind of, um, it's not, yeah, there's, there's so many scary things. Just don't focus on that because there's so much bright things to worry about. So when you're just have a table, have a, 
schedule a calendar of positive like reinforcements, there's no there's no room for the negativity. So I guess avoidance of scariness. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that, right? If you, if you look for things or focus on things, even to say, hey, I don't want that. I know I'm preaching to the choir here. You're focusing on what you don't want. Therefore, you're going to get it. 100%, yeah. You just can't focus on what you don't want. You've got to focus on what you want. And right. then that, looking at, that's what you're aiming for. Tunnel vision, you get what you want. Go for it. And you guys raised, uh, like we said, 1.7 million for the for the founder or future founder listening. How does that happen? What needs to be in place? What steps can they take to make a, a successful investment like that happen? Yeah. So in the beginning, um, I, I guess like it, you, you have to study, figure out who a VC is, what they're trying to do. I always feel like uh, our our investors are like our ultimate clients, right? We've gave them the pitch of, hey, we're going to build this in this time frame, and it's gonna and it's going to become this amazing company, which we are. But so they're essentially a client and we have to be able to study like what are their what what are their needs? Um so with the with the VC, they have LPs that they need to report to for their fundraise as well. So really study what a VC is, who they need to appease and who their returns are. Also for angel investors as well, they're a little bit easier because they're don't they're um, they're investing out of their own pocket. So they really want to see something built for the future that they want to help. But um, yeah, for for any young entrepreneurs that's fundraising, I'd say the best way is to just nonstop pitch. It's almost like you have to be semi-crazy because that's all you got to talk about to everyone. So anyone you run into, you're just talking about your company and then telling them about it. You kind of, yeah, that's literally what you have to talk about for six, seven months when you're fundraising. Every single person you talk to, because those lead to investors, right? Like maybe some young entrepreneurs don't have the network of a VC, but maybe you'll chat about it with your friend that knows one other person, their uncle that does a real estate, that does real estate. You tell them, they introduce you to someone else. So it's a link that, you know, you finally reach someone that will be an investor, but you, you have to have the mindset of you're going to just yell out, scream to the world that I'm building this company. You're going to come and join the ride or you're going to be left out in the dust. <laughs> yeah, it's really about having the finding your passion, finding your zone that you thrive in, and just really living and breathing it, right? We hear that, but that's, that's really how you put one foot in front of the other day in and day out moment by moment. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's like you, you, you wake up thinking about it, you go to sleep thinking about it. Um, it really has to be on that level to, to, to make it happen. Leave us with the the mantra that you live day in and day out by, and something that the 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 founder listening could really move forward in their day with. That's that's a good one. Hmm. I swear, I thought I, I I remember I had something. I was like, oh, I'm gonna end with this like amazing quote, <laughs> and now it's like, okay, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, I I think with um 
with entrepreneurship and being a founder, um, just remember that it's it's a marathon. You know, you 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 can never expect something the next day. Like, don't ever get discouraged. I think discouragement will just it's a it's a recycle it's a, a unhealthy cycle. You get discouraged, it puts you in a bad mood, and then you go back into being negative energy. And then, you know, it's just the cycle. So I think don't be discouraged. Don't for, don't remember your losses. Well, there you go. Thank you, Eddie. Visualfeeder.com for uh, all the insight. Uh, really interesting. I want to um, I want to welcome you back on any time because I know that we, we, we just scratched the surface and you have a lot going on, a lot to do, but I'm glad we were able to focus on um, the founder aspect, the CEO, the nature of the business. Uh, but next time I want to get into Eddie Young, the person, the artist, and the creative. So thanks so much for coming onto the program. Thank you so much, Ash. And thank you, Hidden Nation, for tuning in. We're going to do it again. Happy to spend time with you. Remember, keep showing up, keep being visible, and being seen. Until we do it again, take care. Be well. <laughs>